Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on when you are listening to this HR on the Offensive podcast. It's me, Chris Howard from Lace Partners. Thank you very much for joining us. We're very glad that you can be here. And I am with my managing director and co-founder of Lace Partners, Aaron Aubrey. Aaron, hello, sir. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. We've got nice weather, although the weather this weekend, apparently, uh, at the court t- time of recording, is not meant to be that good. But it's fine. We've had a good week ahead so far. But, so I'm going to take But Chris, that. It, is, it is a Friday when it we is. record this. It's a Friday. That makes us all happy. Exactly. Very happy. We are not going to talk about our weekends, though. We're going to talk about a recent webinar that uh, you mm. hosted. Um, with Ceridian. So Ceridian are one of a number of businesses that we talk to on the the HR uh, tech systems platform. And uh, we decided to run a webinar with them specifically on data and HR teams getting better with data. And uh, Ceridian also brought along one of their clients, a lady called Shelley Vakes from uh, Scott Dunn. And she had some interesting things to say, as well as Steve Van Veeren, who um, is their their data their data geek? I think he called himself at uh, one stage during the he webinar. Did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. If you if you'd like to just before we t- what we're going to do today is we're just going to probably talk for about twenty minutes, twenty five minutes about some of the key snippets from that webinar. It's a webinar which is on the Lace Partners website. Uh, you can get that on www.lacepartners.co.uk forward slash webinars. You can see the whole 55 minutes of glorious uh, Aaron and Shelley and Steve, <laughs> Wendy from Ceridian, just talking about how they're using data and some of the challenges that HR teams face as well. But what we wanted to do today, as I said, is just pracy that in our HR on the Offensive podcast. So I'm going to just pose, I guess, some reflection questions to you, Aaron, and then we'll have a chat about some of the key points that that came out from that. So I don't know if we want to start off by just you reflecting on some of the interesting things that Shelley talked about, particularly when she was talking about, because I remember you asked the question about, you know, how is it, it, how's the COVID period kind of impacted you guys? Yeah, that's sure, Chris. And, and you're right, it was a very interesting webinar. If you have a chance, do, do have a listen in. Shelley, and Steve were fantastic on there and some great insights, I think, from their own experiences. And, you know, Shelley was uh, and is the CPO, as you say, of Scott Dunn all the way through COVID. And as a as a travel business, clearly quite significantly impacted by the COVID outbreak. And I think it was really interesting just listening in that webinar to what she was saying about how they had to really pivot their organization, their HR organization, and focus really wholly on workforce planning, you know, um, as a global business, I think she said they, they could see the impact coming from the east across with parts of their business starting to shut down, which gave them a little bit of time, I think, to respond, but clearly, they had to move quite quickly. And I think they, they lent into their implementation of day force as others have with other technologies, but really focused into workforce planning. Um, I think it was really interesting for her to say that, that you know, very in short order, they got to 25 versions. Yeah. of a workforce planning model but you know they were doing some significant planning that helped them understand who to put on furlough where to reduce hours of working when to bring people back 
um, mm. and, and how to manage the impact on the business as as the COVID implications and restrictions came to bear. So I think from her perspective, at least, I think when she was talking on the webinar, that use of people systems and people data was significantly helpful to the business and its strategy on how it was going to recover and, and fight through the COVID implications. Yeah, and that actually makes me think about so that we got that example about Shelley specifically, but I'm just wondering if you could kind of reflect just beyond that webinar conversation, just the conversations that we have with clients and over the last 18 months, you know, how many businesses from your perspective that we've spoken to or that we know of have found themselves like in a position where they've they've had to lean into their tech more than they thought they would? Because what I thought was interesting was Shelley gave the example about how they previously had a certain perception of the Ceridian software and then the COVID period meant that they really had to change their perspective of it. Are we seeing a lot of that through businesses where they're leaning into their current tech or are we seeing a lot of businesses that are suddenly saying, do you know what, we need to just change this completely? I think it's a real mixed bag, Chris, genuinely. I think there's been no doubt everyone, everyone who has been running a business during this period has had to lean on their people data in a way they've never had to before. I think that does one of two things. It either shows that you can utilize your system that you already have and either do more with it or, if you're lucky, uh, use it in the way it's been built. But certainly, I think the other the other camp that fall, comes out of this are the ones that look at their, their system and realize it can't do what they need uh, and it can't provide them what they want for the business. And certainly, we're seeing a lot of that at the moment where organizations have realized um, that they can't. Uh, use their current systems uh, in the way they need to to manage their business. They've also seen the power of using systems to manage the business and how how much of an advantage that can give. Uh, and so we're seeing a, a round of investment right now, I think, Chris, in the market where organizations are starting to replace those systems that couldn't couldn't make the grade or fix the ones in the way that Shelley spoke about, fix the ones that are, are capable but have potentially haven't been used in that way before. I think it was interesting as well, you know, when we talked uh, on the webinar, Shelley made a very good point, which is that as part of this, the systems is not just the answer. A big part of the answer to, to leveraging people data is also about making sure that managers uh, are much more accountable for the data, but also much more aware of how to use it. And so that investment of time in management, manager capability around data and use of people data uh, was something that she she really highlighted, I think, in the webinar as being one of the things that went all hand in hand with that new system. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you then talked to, to Steve, obviously, about his mm. kind of thoughts about what's changed over the last 18 months. So um, could you just give the listeners just a bit of a reflection as to what he said and then your thoughts as well on, on his his comments there? I genuinely love to have the conversation with Steve. You say he, he describes himself as a data geek. Mm -hmm. That's what he does for a living, right? Lives with lives and rolls around in people data. And I think even he reflected that everything that he had been working on and seeing in the in the HR digital space just accelerated. You know, it was mm -hmm. really ramped up, became very fast, and the need to really um, update and change uh, a lot of the things in their own system uh, as a result of COVID. So, you know, they've, they're, you know data and, and people data has been on the rise as, and, and, and demand for it has been increasing steadily. And it's one of those um, big investment areas for HR practices. 
Um, but certainly COVID has accelerated that. And I think Steve really reflects that in the in the webinar uh, and brings that to life. Uh, and, you know, and he talked a lot about that change that they then made to the Ceridian Dayforce platform. And, and in particular, I think not so much about more data, but about ability to absorb data. So more visualization, making it more appealing, making it easier for managers and executives to absorb quickly what the data was telling them. Uh, and certainly I think we've now seen that reflected across a lot of the platforms, not mm -hmm. just the Ceridian one. We see that in a lot of platforms. And I think visualization tools, the likes of Cruncher and Vizier and Orgview and uh, you know all of those sorts of uh, tech investigo, you know, they're those those technologies which um, have always created that very visual layer to people data have undoubtedly seen a significant increase in use during uh, during the COVID time. Yeah, certainly. And as you said, I find that interesting that um, so many people are do need that better visualization. It was a nice acknowledgement. It was a good acknowledgement that there's been that perception amongst the HR tech providers that actually we do need to, the way in which we position this information and data to people that perhaps don't have the time to analyze reams and reams of information. It needs to be distilled back down. That was one of the things obviously you guys were, were talking about. And I thought it was really interesting um, when you and Steve started talking about measuring. So one of the things Steve says was, measuring a million things and providing the top three most important elements to the business. And then you both started talking, you started talking with Wendy about focus and the importance of getting that focus. You know, data is one of those elements that people can talk and talk. You mean, you can, there are a million different ways in which you can cut and interpret data, aren't there? And so having that focus is really important. Yeah, no, certainly. And I think, and one of the things that COVID certainly did during the last uh, 18 months is give a very clear focus to what people needed to understand. You know, how has my business impacted? What are the shifts I need? Who do I need to put on furlough? What are the cost profiles of my business in various locations? There's lots of business-led questions. And I think one of the things that uh, Shelley made the point of as well was about you know, being very, very clear on what are your top five KPIs or other things that managers need to really measure uh, around the workforce. And you know, we'd always say that, right? I think it came out in the webinar. Focus in, the, in, in here, you can always spend a lot of time building data for the sake of data. And I think that's one of the big uh, traps that you can fall into when you're putting in, in, in place analytics and data for, for a people organization. Um, is just creating data for the sake of data. You need to start with what are the outcomes the business want, what are the major, what are the critical measuring points, and then focus in on those and then work back to what does that mean for the data you collect, how it's collected, who engages with it. And I think Shelley made an also made a really interesting point, which I found very enlightening for a CPO and great to hear, which was this point about accountability for data and the ownership of data definitions and really being clear on what the date, what your data definitions are, and who owns them, and and making sure that those are consistent across your organisation, so you can roll up the reporting that works and gives true insight. Um, and it's quite a critical point, and uh, you only get to that by first of all understanding that outcome that the business is trying to get to, and that focus down on, as Steve mentions in the webinar, down to those sort of top three or four uh, key measures. Yeah, and um, I'm kind of. 
taking the words out of your mouth from the webinar and then regurgitating them back to you. But one of the things I thought was interesting that that you actually uh, talked about as well was you gave an example of the importance of those definitions on a global perspective. So you gave an example of if you've got a retail business that you've got a global retail business that you are uh, that have different ways in which they interpret and then feed back that information, then that's going to, that can cause problems for, again, the reporting on it. If you've got all different people across different areas reporting on capabilities in different ways, that uh, was one of the examples that you gave um, later on in the actual webinar. Uh, I'm also going to check, I'm going to uh, set the listeners uh, of the podcast a, a challenge because Aaron got quite excited when Shelley was talking about <laughs> the data definitions and uh, he mentioned they referenced that on a couple of occasions, but it is really, really important. As, as you spoke about as well. And then you started talking about the other trends. So um, you talked to Steve and also um, you reflected yourself on what are the other kind of trends that are out there um, evolving in the AI and in relation to data in the AI and DNI space. So can you just reflect on that a little bit for our listeners for me? Yeah, certainly. I think there's there's a great section in the webinar where, as you say, Steve um, Steve and the others spoke quite at length around some of those trends that are coming out in people data. And I think you know Steve's very passionate around the whole predictive analytics mm -hmm. and the power of that and the ability to look at long long term trends, longitudinal data in an organisation to to inform and help predict performance and you think about organizations like uh, retail banking or in fact, any sort of retail retail stores you know what's what's really key is the performance of that that store and understanding the makeup of the team that makes it effective you know mm -hmm. is it cross-generational is it about the education of that team is it about the type of mix of skills and capabilities? Is it about their ways of working and how they operate with each other and how you mix that team together that is the secret source? Everyone's looking for that information and so much of that comes back to people data. So being able to look at longitudinally how businesses perform, mixing that business data with, with people data makes it, can make a significant difference and can also really influence on strategy, which is one of the points Shelley brings out in the webinar as well. I think the other the other point that we we talked about started to to look at was some of the implications of new technology that are coming along. Everyone, you know, we talk about machine learning and AI, and we talk about its impacts, um, and we also talk about some of the people in uh, trends in the webinar around things like DNI and how important that is in organisations now, and and how rightly so that's been raised to the to the board agenda, uh, and therefore data around that and predictive data around that is, is really key and also leveraging people tools to help drive a better mix of dni in your organization is is really key so and i think uh, one of the things that we also talked about on the on there is just taking some care as well as all of these exciting elements to people data and undoubtedly this is a great growth area and it's one of the the exciting elements that i think of working in hr uh, as a profession right now uh, but one of the other things that goes hand in glove with that is 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 understanding the issues around data privacy, um, on 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 predictive stuff and and AI and machine learning really getting understanding of the algorithms, understanding your ethical stance around the use of some of that technology, uh, and making sure you have the policies in place. So there's a there's a wealth of things that go around that, and we talk about that in the webinar. Mm, yeah, and I, I thought one of the examples that Steve gave, because one of the questions, I think it was from an audience uh, member, was around the ethical sides and how does that 
impact. And he gave an example that, and this is where I think it's fascinating because he's a data science geek, as you said, mm -hmm. and um, he's obviously somebody that champions that. But by no means, and, and all of all of you guys were quite clear to stress this, by no means are we and anybody saying that it should be used as the silver bullet. So yeah. predictive analytics cannot you cannot just use it in isolation. It almost just needs to be seen as a tool. And one of the examples that I found really interesting from Steve was when he talked about, you know, you can get Intel that it talks that it gives you data on a possible flight risk of somebody leaving the business. Mm -hmm. But you still need to marry that up with the the softer side, the human side of it, because you don't know what the data won't tell you is what that human being's personal life what's going on in their personal life. So it's always important to have that kind of human element. And we've heard this a lot and, uh, you know, we've talked about it on podcasts and we've written about it that, you know, taking the human out of human resources, that's not ever going to be a thing when it comes to automation, AI, predictive analytics, but it does need to just be used as, as a tool, doesn't it? Certainly. And I, and I think, you know, as you say on the webinar, Steve makes, makes that point in answer to one of the questions really well. And I think, the point being that that kind of people data, predictive people data, really allows you to identify where your higher risk points are mm. or areas that you need to focus in on. You know, and look, everyone in HR who works in the HR profession is always under pressure because they've got so many things to do and not enough time, not enough budget. So any tool that can help you focus and help you zoom in on areas that are more likely to have an impact on the business and the business performance and on your people can only be a good thing. But as you say, you know, I think everybody on the, on the webinar was keen to stress that that is not the silver bullet and it's only the indicator that allows you to focus in. Uh, and it's, it's quite an interesting section, I think, of the, of the webinar as we got into that debate and discussion. Yeah, certainly. And then you, you kicked it on to talk about what excites the uh, the panel. What are the exciting trends coming on in uh, in data and predictive analytics? Yeah. So, can you just reflect on your own thoughts on that? But then also on Shelley and Steve and, and what Wendy were talking about during the uh, during that particular section. Yeah, there's quite a lot, wasn't there? I think in that mm. section and and Shelley, Shelley in particular reflected on the Scott Dunn agenda, which I thought was really interesting around DNI belonging which are really important for, for the culture at Scott Dunn and how they were going to use people data around supporting that sense of engagement, experience journeys and DNI. It's really, really interesting, I felt, uh, in terms of uh, what she was trying to get to. And I think, you know, she wanted, she talked again about the data privacy issues and challenges and just making sure that, you know, how do, how do, you, how do you get the most out of your people data and how do you encourage people to share uh, and how do you drive help that drive strong careers for people uh, in the organization? She's really excited about how that is going to evolve for them. Uh, I think, you know, as I was reflecting around that discussion, for me, and you know, we touched on some of the thoughts there, but I think one of the other things that is really exciting to me is how much of people data is moving the same direction as our personal use of data. So you think about how much you carry your own data around with you on your phone, for example, your mobile device, how you bring that data with you and how you kind of decide whether you are going to share it with an app or whether you're going to share it with another organization. It's, it's reflecting similarly now into the way people are thinking about people data at work. So 
know, recognizing that people move jobs, et cetera, taking that that data with them. So you take, you know, you you take your learning records and they're your learning records. That's your learning data. So when you move from one organization to another, all your certificates and your learning data can just travel with you. Your background checks can travel with you and all the implications that has about speeding up process and making onboarding easier. Um, and all of that comes with a discussion around how do you do trusted certification of those that of that data so that it's it's true and there's no fraud, et cetera, as people move between organizations. And there's a whole area of blockchain technology that's really exciting around their trust data and how that gets delivered. So really interesting areas, I think, came out in that webinar around some of that future elements. And um, as I say, it's sort of we all, I think we all have some quite different perspectives. Yeah. Certainly. Do you know what I thought was fascinating was also your point about what other departments uh, or how what HR can learn from other departments and their use mm -hmm. of data. And this is something that when I think about it, it's something that Ems and I are, have talked about on a couple of podcasts with regards to not specifically around data. Well, part of it is about data, but it is about we've in the HR on the HR on the HR. Uh, shared services white paper we talk about how hr can learn from customer services teams when it or marketing teams when it comes to promoting themselves but if we talk specifically on the data side you you mentioned about how other you know hr can learn a lot from other departments in terms of their data uses so can you just elaborate for everyone on, on specifically what you were you were thinking of um, from the webinar yeah i think i think in the webinar i focus on 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 finance but clearly there are other other functions as well, and depending on your business, some of those will be stronger at your data usage and others, clearly, if you're in uh, a consumer-based business, then typically your marketing data is going to be really strong. So have a look there and, and see the parallels you can use. But certainly in most, most organizations, finance have always been quite comfortable with their use of data and how to use it. And I think HR sometimes uh, and people function sometimes can focus too much on getting every single bit right because we're used to counting people right and yeah. it's quite binary you either got 10 or you got nine and you know you need to know the difference but in finance one of the things they're really good at is using assumption-based data to predict things so um, being very clear with their assumptions and then that gives them a trend or a direction and we're, we're less comfortable at that and still learning i think in the people functions around how to use that and be comfortable with it. But certainly I think that's one of the things that we can pick up and learn as we start looking at some of that bringing of people data and business data together and thinking about um, how does that predict some of the trends for the future? You know, that has to be assumption-based and you have to get comfortable with how you bring assumptions into things. Yeah, certainly. And we're just coming towards the end of kind of this Reflections podcast. Mm. I might call it the Reflections podcast, but <laughs> one of the final questions you just asked of the panel was just for them to give you some of their sort of lessons learned. So just as we close out today, can you just go through some of the key sort of discussion points there from uh, from each of the panelists? So Shelley, uh, yourself, Steve, and then of course, Wendy too. Yeah, certainly. And I think there's a lot. So if you are if you do get a chance to listen into the webinar, if you can listen in, I would listen in. And you know, if, if, you, if you don't have that much time to listen to the webinar, zoom to that section because there's a lot of lessons learned shared there from the, the people on the webinar. Um, Shelley um, really thought focused on sort of where did getting getting the journey started on data and, and getting people to think about uh, where are they going to where do they start? What's what's the right questions to ask and how do you then sort of work out the data to solve that problem and reflecting that that for her was 
the key to unlocking the power of the people data for Scott Dunn. So I think some really interesting elements there. Um, I, I think I went back and reflected again on that. Don't create data for the sake of creating data. You know, you can spend ages creating loads of reports and no one will ever read. Focus on things that add real value uh, and move those up front. Uh, the definitions up front is really important, but also, and, and we didn't we didn't touch on it as much through the work uh, through the webinar as as I think uh, we could have done. But certainly, one of the things that came up really strongly in the lessons learned was this mindset of accountability on data. And I think when we started to talk about that and lessons learned, that resonated really well. And there's a you know, when you're going to look at data driven decisions and you're going to put data at the heart of driving the people agenda and helping you decide and make decisions, you have got to create a mindset throughout the organization from HR analysts and uh, and uh, associates all the way through to your HR directors that understand that the importance of getting data right, the, the understanding, the importance of correcting data when you see it is wrong, that the importance of going to the source of the issue and fixing it um, proactively because if you don't do that, then every decision you take can be undermined because that data uh, it will have will have gaps and issues in it. So getting that mindset of accountability for data is really, really key. So it's quite an interesting discussion, I thought, as we went through. Steve was really interesting in terms of his focus on, on lessons learned. He said, don't fall into the fear of how data is being used, but lean into it. And, you know, he talked about, he, he talked about the squishy stuff, I think was the phrase he might yeah, have used yeah, that on, the, on, the, on the, yeah, yeah. One of the challenges being the squishy stuff, i.e. the data that's more difficult to predict, a bit more things like the, the, the culture of the organization and how that is doing. And, you know, that's going to be clearly a lot of that is, is survey based uh, and a bit more subjective in its, in its elements. So sort of thinking through your strategy around how you get that insight into your data set i think was really what he was going around it so lots of lots of really good lessons learned i thought from from the session as we went through um from that webinar yeah certainly um it was a really good uh, 55 odd minutes which as i said was we've kind of repeated a couple of times certainly we'd encourage you if you're listening to this uh, podcast to just check it out on the website and uh, we will probably do a synopsis or a precy of it in the coming weeks on our blog section as well uh, that pretty much just wraps us up for today aaron yeah. thank you very much for taking some time just to reflect on and, and think about and just uh, uh, repeat back to our podcast listeners uh, some of the interesting points around data because it's a area that is getting more and more interest um, as as all panelists i think pointed out it's a lot of businesses are still relatively hr teams are still relatively early in their journey as to really upping it but it feels like the last 18 months has accelerated that yeah so uh so so thank you very much for joining us uh, today. Oh, thank you thanks chris i really enjoyed it it's uh it was a great webinar uh, and uh, great to relive it a little bit just now yeah, cool. Uh, you can get this podcast um, through all of the different channels that you would normally get this podcast. If you're listening to this for the first time, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as they're called now, uh, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You can get access on the Lace Partners website to all of our back catalogue. Uh, it's lacepartners.co.uk forward slash podcast. Nope, don't, don't go podcast, go podcast, <laughs> uh, forward slash podcast. I have no idea what a podcast is, but uh, until next time, thank you very much for joining us and uh, we will see you next time on HR on the Offensive. Bye-bye.